Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Ignite, baby! Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... Hopefully someone from High Tech's listening to this and they send us some free shoes. There you go. <laughs> Always <laughs> been a fan. Always been a fan. Since the 1980s. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. This is Running With Jake, the podcast. Welcome back to another fantastic episode, your weekly dose of running motivation. This is indeed a special edition. Not for the reasons that you may think. It is not a Christmas special. It's got nothing to do with the London Marathon, that it's virtually distanced now. It's a virtual run. That's not why this episode of the podcast is a special edition. Pete, the producer, my friend, why is this episode so special? It's because for the first time in months, we're actually in the same studio, although we are socially distanced. We're together, but we are socially distanced. This makes me so happy, actually. I mean, this this man cave of a studio you've got going on here. I mean, I could not swing a cat or a chicken or even uh, a small mouse in here, but we are managing Don't to keep Don't go distance. swinging small animals of any description, OK? It's fine, it's fine. My girlfriends have actually can fix them. But look, the point is, this is great to be together in this space. We're, we're keeping safe, obviously, but man... This has been such a long time coming. This is this is great. This has been great. You stayed over last night. We had a couple of beers, which was nice. We've relaxed and and and, and now we're hanging out in the studio, which is which is the first time in months. Do you know? It reminds me a little bit of when, like, I was a kid. You know, I was like eleven years old, ten years old, and you go around your best mate's house, you know, other side of the estate, and you go and see him. It's like, oh, I've got to show you these new toys. You got to check this out. Look at this transformer. Yeah, but look, this is Optimus Prime. Look at look at his head. Look at this. I've got to show you this game. Look at this Atari game I've got. This is like you with all the recording equipment. It's like show me things the new faders you've got the microphones it's like it's like you are a kid permanently in a sweet shop i'm interested the once but then when you explain the same thing to me over and over again and this app this phone you keep shoving in my face i get it we're on a podcast app we're on another podcast app we, it's great we're getting really social but you don't stop banging on about yeah this. but it's podcast guru isn't it it's podcast it's my, it's, my, it's my new favorite android app it's really good there are no ads or anything on there the bandwidth is completely to do with podcasts so you're not getting any ads that you don't want which is great and we're on the featured section as well Look Look at us there, along with some of the some of the biggest shows in the world. We're next to David Tennant. I mean, that's pretty cool. If you do have an Android phone and you're not sure about your podcast app and maybe sometimes it gets glitchy or it gets weird, then just take it from me. Dead simple, really simple interface, Podcast Guru. It's the future. It's the future. Search for it, download it, get it. I mean, I give you a bit of stick for shoving this thing under my nose as soon as I arrive through the door, but I do get where you're coming from because you were saying about how it can be really difficult to curate good podcasts as well because anybody can do a podcast now they're just everybody's doing them and it's hard to kind of filter through the good and the bad making the trip up from bristol so what it's about two and a half hours on a good run i thought you know what i'm going to kill some time i'll listen to some podcasts i didn't know what to listen to man i was searching i was like this is just a minefield that blew my mind go to featured there's all the best podcasts right there i don't quite know how but we managed to get included so all the best podcasts except for ours which is um particularly average but it's in there as well which is which is really which is really good Anyway, you know, you, you've been moaning at me about this whole thing. N- next week, it's not going to be a problem because you're not going to be here. You're not even going to be in Bristol. You're going to be like, where, where are you going? I'm actually going to be in Greece. I'm going to be away. I'm going to be on the beach. And we've still, 
we've still got a great show to record. Listening to this right now, if you're doing your long run, panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do next week because there's not going to be a show? Nah, don't be deaf. Of course there's going to be a podcast. We're here for life, man. Podcast is not just for Christmas. But we, we need to get some technical elements set up as well, Pete. I mean, I did message you this. Did you get the email about how logistically how to record stuff for next week? Well, the two weeks. I'm away for two weeks, man. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe I have to stay in Greece. If I have to self-isolate. You might end up in quarantine or something like that. Did you work it out? I'm, did you, I've, not, did you, <clears throat> I've not sussed it yet, so I don't know if there's going to be an episode next week and fingers crossed will be what do you mean you've not you've not sussed it yet to be fair you don't go away for a couple of days so i think we're going to be all right it should be it should be fine it should be fine i fly in a week's time pete we need to get this sorted but it will be sorted don't worry about it uh, while i was fiddling about with stuff and trying to sort stuff i was messing about in the studio i am a geek there's no doubt about that uh, True. and i did discover something <laughs> discovered something really weird like really weird honestly now just go with me on this will you go with me do you trust me will you go with me yes i guess i mean what what are you what are you talking about man thank you right what are you okay. talking about i'm just fiddling about with some things here look as you can see right if you just you just yeah. move there right if you keep your distance though you keep your distance he's just just move back a bit just say for me my name is jake Lowe. say it slowly say it nice <laughs> What are you talking about, you fool? <laughs> this is not something weird. <laughs> Look into my eyes and say, I am Jake Lowe. No, that's not what it is, right? But this, is, but, but I just want you to say it nice. I want you to say it slowly. I want you to say it deliberately. Hello, my name is Jake Lowe. What, now? Yes. Into the microphone. Now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. My name is Jake Lowe. Right, okay. Now, I just recorded that, okay? Hang on, just a minute. So, Rob, sorting the podcast for next week. This is, um, this is what I've been doing. If we lose listeners because of this, I am not going to be happy, Mr. Allen. There's some there's a really good running guest on soon. Don't worry about that. But right now, this, I'm just geeking out, okay? So, uh, <laughs> this is you. This is what you said. My name is Jake Lowe. Now right. what I'm going to do is I'm going to press a button and reverse it, uh, which is which is really weird, first off, and a little bit satanic and strange, but just go with me on this. <laughs> Seriously, just go with me. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. What I'm going to do is play it another couple of times, and I want you to listen to it, memorise it, and say it. So as I'm playing it, you need to mock it. You need to mock it as best you can. Okay, you got that? No, not really. Play, play it again. Yes, Jimmy and Elm. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, Jimmy and Elm. I feel like I'm going insane. Right, okay. Listen, don't say any more stuff. You've heard it plenty of times. Say it now, like that. Say it. Ralph Gash Minyum. Ralph Gash Minyum. Ralph Gash Minyum. I feel like an absolute idiot. <laughs> This is your weekly dose of running madness. <laughs> right, okay. So you just said this to me, right? Ralph gets me yum. Apparently. That's you mocking reverse. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reverse that, and this gets really weird, okay? This gets really strange. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. No, you, you've got to be. Listen. My name's Jake Lowe. My name's Jake Lowe. Yeah. Is that not just genius? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the reason there might not be a podcast uh, next week. I'm going to play God. it one more time. Listen. <laughs> you have way too much time on your hands, Pete. Way too much time. That has been making me laugh like I used to oh laugh as gosh. a school kid. And it's the best thing ever. <laughs>
I feel like I've got a virtual reality version of myself. Is this the new presenter for next week while I'm away? I'm not sure this is such a good idea. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation, out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. So as bizarre as this episode is turning out to be, our next guest we certainly will not be playing in reverse. It's Matt Bergen. He is the co-founder and physiotherapist at the Performance Team, physio to Olympic and Paralympic athletes. He also competes internationally for Ireland. We've got him on the show now to talk all about biomechanics and what we can do to improve how we run. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good afternoon, Jake. Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing all right, thanks. Actually, I'm saying I'm doing all right. I, I have got a question for you before. There's loads of stuff I want to get into. I really want to pick your brains. But the first question is, man, are, are you sweating your ass off as well? I am so <laughs> hot. I said I said, oh. uh, I said, to someone earlier, I said, I'm glad you're not doing a Zoom call because I'm currently sat here without a top on because it's too hot. Honest to God, it's unbelievable. I'm going to have to go and change my underpants because I, I know that Jake got the expensive leather chair, which is breathable. I got a plastic one. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hot for everyone at the moment. But I mean, you, you, you're doing a lot of the online performance stuff at the moment, Matt, right? So you kind of are doing quite a lot of the Zoom calls and stuff and uh, doing all the consultation stuff. You, you must get really warm and you've got to, like, demonstrate exercises and everything for people. It must be crazy at the moment. I mean, I was yesterday, I mean, at the minute, I'm kind of operating a bit of a hybrid. Now, kind of, we're able to open up the clinic again. And I remember a couple of Fridays ago when it was similar to like it is today. I did probably four patients face-to-face in the morning, then went home and had six back-to-back on Zoom, probably sitting in a basically a furnace in my house at home. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Man. <laughs> Crazy. And, and just to give this a, a little bit of context, I, I reached out to you because I'm, I'm doing some work with your, your good self and I've sent you some of my sort of running videos of me running that you wanted so we can look at what's going on with, with my running mechanics and can I improve and reduce the risk of injury ready for, for, for some of my own goals next year. And the reason I wanted you on the show is because I think this is really key for so many people at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of frustration out there, Matt, you know, people wanting to race, can't race, but actually if we we look at this as an opportunity to get the body ready yeah i mean there's there's two categories at the minute there's people that are running really well that are very fit and then getting that frustration because there are literally no races for them to actually go and do and then on the flip side you've got the people that are getting quite bad injuries that aren't able to even go out and go for a run um and myself that was where actually i found myself at the start of lockdown so i had quite a bad hamstring injury um, that wrongly or rightly, I was probably running on for a number of months longer than I should have. Um, and then come the start of lockdown, me and my, well, Mark Buckingham that works on the performance team with me, we he's my physio and he, he kind of basically said, right, let's take a step back, take a bit of time off, let things settle and then actually use this time to f- properly rehab things because more and more with with all type of runners there's there's rarely a good time to step back from the races and actually rehab things properly there's always a race within a few weeks that you're kind of trying to almost rush back into more often than not a lot of the proper rehab type exercises is is, can often be quite kind of maybe a little bit more rushed than you'd like them to be um but yeah like like you said it's in one sense, it's the one of the worst times to be injured because especially during lockdown, all, all people wanted to do was go out, have a run, kind of freshen their mind and whatnot. But then if you couldn't do that, then it was obviously very difficult and very challenging kind of mentally. It is, like you said, it is probably the best time to actually focus on not only the big injuries, but also working on those little aches, those pains, those niggles that you've maybe been suffering with for weeks, months, years even, um, and kind of 
taking a step back from the big hard training sessions the intervals and spending a bit time on the more technical stuff so that when the races do start coming back hopefully you're a much more kind of robust more efficient runner I love what you said there about there's so many races all the time and every time somebody does a race they they enjoyed it and they typically want to add it to their race calendar for the following year so you know before they know it they're almost racing every weekend and making very little time to step back in their training let those injuries and niggles recover and it's, it's interesting because when I reached out to you and you asked for some video footage to see what was going off with with my sort of uh, niggles and how to improve my performance we, we had the chat about the role of a physio didn't we and you feel very strongly about this that the classic the classic thing for a to do is the they keep pushing and keep pushing until it becomes a full-blown injury it stops them and then they think ah do you know what i'm going to reach out and get the help of a of a physio and just one session mr Miyagi, healing hands and i'll be i'll be cured but what is what's your view on the role of a of a physio matt um it is very difficult because everyone's not in the position everyone's not an elite athlete where they get physio for free and everything else so you've obviously got to take all of that into account as well but you get it, and I'm as just as bad as everyone else. Being kind of being, but having both sides of it, being a, a runner myself, and then being a physio that largely looks after runners, you often get to the point where, run, especially when people are carrying little aches and pains and niggles, they will maybe avoid coming in to see us because they probably know what they're going to get told. Um, so with my hamstring, I probably avoided even speaking to Mark about it because I think I knew what the answer was going to be. We'll often get people that by the time they have come in to see us it's almost too little too late at that stage it's kind of damage limitation on how much we can do of course with any runner i would rather keep them running where possible but sometimes as much you can do as much rehab as much treatment as anything as you want but the one thing that's carrying on to irritate things is just the sheer volume of running that someone's doing um so unfortunately there does come a time with especially the longer term injuries where you just need to have a bit of time off step back let things properly settle and then build back in properly um and that's kind of our motto especially with performance team is kind of prevention's better than cure um if you're in an ideal world if you're having kind of a full kind of running almost like an mot for a runner coming in every four to six weeks, going over all your kind of previous injuries, your those niggles, those tightnesses, over months and years, we, we as the physio start to kind of develop a bit of a, a pattern, an image of what bits, what weaknesses, what tightnesses, what stiffnesses you have going on. Um, and it's more of a kind of management long-term rather than you just come in every every few months when you are broken and you, it's piecing you back together, then starting again. I mean, there's got to be some onus on the individual here, right? I mean, I, I think people will really respect your uh, honesty there, Matt. We're very honest on the show as well, talking about the highs and the lows of our of my own running journey, really. And you talk about uh, you as a keen runner, and I know you competed internationally for Ireland, so at a very high level, and hamstring niggle and perhaps pushing a little bit too much. There must be an onus on the individual to actually, rather than just go and seek help, even if they do seek help, professional help, they've got to do something themselves to keep themselves in one piece. So practising all the things that they know they should do outside of the running, the balance work, coordination work, technique work, surely that's got to play a, a significant role. Yeah, I'm, I mean, unfortunately, um, runners are very good at running and probably not so good at doing all the other little bits that probably take a little bit more time. Um, I know if my coaches were to tell me to go out for another run each week, I would find time to do it. But if they told me to do another half an hour of foam rolling or drills or stretching, I'd probably tell them I'm too busy. Um, yeah, so, it's funny, isn't but, it? But like you say, it's kind of, 
you're better off almost rather than going for that extra run you're almost better off spending maybe that half an hour doing some strengthening doing some glute work doing some ankle strengthening doing some drills doing some rolling doing all those other little bits to allow you to actually continue more consistently you might not in the short term you might not be running as as well and as quick as you'd like but you if you're doing those kind of more injury prevention almost like your prehab type stuff that's going to allow you to train more consistently and then that's going to be where you get the much longer term results from getting that consistency it's all about especially with looking at the more coaching side of it which obviously you'll have a, a kind of good view on yourself you're almost better off training almost at 75 80 percent the whole time and with the the occasional kind of almost 90 95% blowout but you don't want to always be training at that red line otherwise something's always going to give um and it's sure. whether you're a kind of an elite athlete looking to make your first olympics or you're someone coming to see me that's trying to do your first couch to 5k it's the exact same principle you you everyone's always pushing to work at that red line and if you're working at that red line the whole time something will eventually give um, so it's kind of about getting that balance. You can't do all of it at the same time. You need to kind. Of, it's almost a bit of a seesaw effect with kind of the the running and the overload and the injuries. If I can just get into kind of the, the more technical aspect of, of of you and your brain and your knowledge, Matt, if that's all right. So, so we talk about biomechanics and running mechanics and and what's important and and we hear these different sort of cues and techniques. I give them myself to my runners. So somebody that really doesn't know the benefits or what it's all about, how would you describe in layman's terms what sort of biomechanics, running mechanics are and, and what's the importance of uh, kind of it, uh, developing those? There's often this kind of, pre- kind of predisposed opinion that there is this perfect technique and that you should be running in this kind of robotic way and landing in this position. But in kind of real terms, especially if you watch kind of runners at the olympics you see your, your kenyans you see your kind of your european athletes they all move in very different ways um so in one sense there's not one textbook way that you do want to get someone to move however if someone's moving in a certain way and that then corresponds to an injury that they have then that's the time that you then want to start kind of looking at the biomechanics much deeper and looking at areas of bit that are being overloaded and why that's happening um, and as you say, that's where the, the kind of biomechanics comes into it. Do you find, Matt, that when you, you see people and you, you're trying to give them some advice, so you're looking at what's going off, uh, you've, you, or what's going on, you've addressed the issue, so you've found the root cause, and then trying to explain somebody what they need to do, do you find that there's a difference almost between the, the hardware and the software? Meaning they perhaps have the physical capability to let's say do a squat so a proper squat they have the ability so their muscles are strong enough and they're, they're they, they they have the flexibility but actually there's a software issue they, they can't sort of send the signal from the brain to almost tell them how to do the movement is there an issue there between kind of the signal to the that you send from the brain and actually what the body's capable of it's it's very interesting you say that because i get a lot of runners that will come in time and time again they've had an an achilles issue or a a foot issue and they've kind of seen other people and they just get their diagnosis is you have weak glutes and that they they leave being told they have these weak glutes and they don't really know that's their diagnosis and they don't really know what it means they don't really know what to do with it um and it is especially in the running world it is a, a term that you hear heard kind of thrown around a lot um and 
like you said, you've got, in terms of your glute muscles, you have three main glute muscles, your glute medius, your glute maximus, and your glute medius. And they've all got slightly different roles. So if you take your glute maximus, which is your biggest one, that's, the, that's that one muscle that when you're pushing yourself off, driving, propelling yourself forwards, that's the one that does that. So that extends your leg back behind you and pushes yourself forwards. That's what that one does. If you then look at the other two, they're kind of the, the smaller, more stabilising muscles. So your glute medius sits on the outside of your hip. And when you see someone landing, so if we take you for an example, as you land on your left foot, if you see kind of the hip almost drop on one side, that is what the glute medius does. So it keeps the pelvis level. So it kind of stabilises everything when you're landing through that foot. So you can see that obviously if you're quite weak through any of these muscles, your body is very good at kind of compensating in other ways. You won't, in the short term, you won't be aware that you've got, say, a weakness in your glute, glute max muscle. But instead of using that muscle, your body will then start to use other things that do the same job, one being your calf. So if you can't activate or you're, you're not strong enough through that glute max muscle, you'll then start to push off harder through your foot and through that calf and then you might start to get a bit of tightness in the calf, a bit of tightness and stiffness in the Achilles. Your plantar fascia might start to get a bit stiff. You get this kind of cascade of reactions, which is all a result of the glute muscles. Um, and like you said, though, there is a bit of a link between being able to strengthen it and it actually strengthening. You'll get a lot of people that you kind of say to them and you show them a few tests and they are weak. They struggle to really activate and resist against you doing any tests on the glutes, but... They tell you that they're doing glute bridges, they're doing clams, they're doing all these glute exercises, but it doesn't show up when I do when you do a few simple tests with them. There can be links, especially like you said, neural links. It's when I rehab people, I'll always start off with strengthening a muscle in its kind of purest form. It won't be running specific at all. So if you take the the glute max as an example that one of the easiest exercises I'll get someone doing to start with would be like a double leg glute bridge. So you're, you're on your back, you're lifting yourself up onto your shoulders with lifting your bum up in the air, and that strengthens that glute max muscle in its purest form. Once they then start to develop that kind of real base strength in that muscle, we then start to develop it into more that, like you said, that kind of movement control type pattern. And that's when it starts to bring in almost the connection from the brain to that glute muscle, you're almost then starting to train that muscle to work as you're doing your more functional running movements. You kind of develop through that whole process and over time that's what starts to then build it into your actual running technique. Um, and it's not it's not a quick process, unfortunately, um, which is the hard thing to kind of get runners and patients on board with, that it is it does take a number of weeks, a couple of months to really change the way that a muscle's not only strengthened, but the way that it's then working within the running cycle. My background originally was personal training and it's, it's quite classic in sort of personal training circles and a lot of fitness professionals will talk about functional exercises and that movement, that exercise is not specific to your function. So let's talk running here. That doesn't specifically uh, mimic a running action. So why are you doing that? So let's say the double leg bridge, as you mentioned. But, but as you point out, somebody has to have a starting point and if they don't have the ability to start doing these really specific single leg uh, squats and whatnot then actually they need to scale it back don't they and regress it and start with the basic stuff uh, and then sort of move it forward so I, I find that fascinating I think a lot of people listening to the show will find that useful because there's so much confusion out there and it can be really hard to know which direction to be pulled in 
Stretching. What, what's your feelings and thoughts on static stretching in, in particular, Matt? Good thing, bad thing? How long should you do it for? What, what's your, what's your I mean, this is probably one of the most debated topics in probably physio and probably running as well. Should you be stretching? Shouldn't you be stretching? What type of stretching should you be doing? If I'm going to go out for a, a session or a steady run, if I get to that, before, as I'm doing my warm-up, as part of my warm-up, I'll always do some dynamic stretching. So... I'll do some skips, I'll do some leg swings, I'll kind of dynamically get that muscle moving once I've done my jog. If after I've done that, I'm finding that is maybe my lower back's a little bit tight, I would I would still myself and I would still prescribe to my patients to do a gentle kind of static stretch just to gently release that muscle off. You're not really pushing into the stretch and you're not really inflicting any pain upon yourself, you're just going into that point where you feel a bit of a gentle pull to start opening things out a bit and then you go back into your drills again so you that that more functional movement again so that's the body and the back and the hips and everything can start flowing better that's what i would do before but then after you've ran that's when i would do your static stretching where you're holding it for kind of 30 40 seconds you're you're stretch you're going into a bit of a deeper stretch of the the glute muscles the hip muscles the the calf muscles that's when you work on those areas and do you think it should be specific to the individual so for those people that are time poor or let's be honest perhaps making a, a little bit of an excuse using time as an excuse they haven't got time to stretch but they've got time to run an extra mile or whatever do you think it, it the stretching routine after a run needs to be specific so if if somebody is not particularly tight in let's say the quadriceps the the muscles on the front of the thigh they don't need to stretch them and they're better off spending time stretching their their tighter muscles so let's say the hamstrings yeah absolutely if someone knows that they inherently get a bit of a tighter calf or a stiffness through the lower back before you go out for a run i would always then focus on those little areas for you to get them moving better there's no point like you say if you're short for time there's no point spending an hour doing an entire stretching program if you know most of it generally is 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 quite supple and not too tight um, whereas if you know your, your back and your, your calf get a bit tight, spend a little bit of time maybe gently rolling it out before you go for a run, then maybe doing a little bit of light stretching and then do the more dynamic stuff as well. Um, but it, I would always, it would always be a combination of the two for me. Even before I go out for every, every day, whether it's a, a session, a tempo, a long run, a, a steady three miles on a Friday, I will still probably spend more time on a Friday I'll do a 20-30 minute run I'll spend longer probably doing a bit of kind of lower back release work I'll do a few stretches I'll do a few kind of activation exercises almost to wake up those kind of core muscles those calf muscles those glute muscles that I want to be working when I do then go out for my run and that will allow me to move better when I get out now you work with a real mixed bag of of athletes of runners from uh, Paralympians Olympians elite athletes recreational runners people just starting out you must also see a, a real wide range of of ages as well are there certain things that the older athlete the older runner should consider um more so than than let's say the younger runners in terms of the biomechanics and the areas not just within running outside of the running that they should focus on are there certain considerations as an older runner yeah definitely and there's generally as you get older you would expect things to generally slow down in terms of how quickly they respond to stretching how quickly they respond to kind of massage or kind of load and stuff like that so generally things start to slow down as you get a bit older which is why people find that they start to get stiff in the lower back in the ankles in the kind of upper back all of those areas um and you do the other thing that you would want to focus on when if you are kind of an older runner 
looking to continue down the running path, then the strengthening is just as important. The loading of those those Achilles tendons, those hamstring tendons, those quad tendons, just to almost maintain the strength of those tendons because generally the tendons will start to weaken as you get older. As a baseline, people often ask me, how many times a week should I be strengthening? And if it's just kind of a maintenance strengthening program and it's not specifically targeting a given area following an injury then normally two to three times a week is plenty i was going to ask you about duration i often sort of say to my runners actually Matt, I'm, i say look let, let's look at the time that you've got across the week to train forget running get running out of your head how much time honestly can you commit to each week right x amount of hours beautiful now let's chop that up what can you devote pieces of that to rather than thinking in your head, I'm just going to run all of that. And then, of course, oh, I need to do some strength work and stretching and now I haven't got time. So I think it's really important to sort of diarize and look at the time you've got. Now, you mentioned earlier that stretching causes one of the, uh, let's say it's a, a, a bit of a divide, a big debate uh, with experts in terms of whether to do it or whether not to do it. Do you know what I'm going to ask you about now? Are you ready for this one? I could probably have, have a guess, but go on. <laughs> I, 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 I need to talk running shoes with you, man. I can't let you go without talking running shoes. This is a this is a minefield. I've got the producer, Pete, of the podcast, runs in a 10-year-old pair of high-tech that he bought for about £5. Can I get him to change them? No, I can't. They are immensely comfortable and they're cheap. He's got his, money, he's got his money's worth, at least. I have, mate. As the phrase goes, they owe him nothing. Believe me, <laughs> absolutely zero. I mean, it is a minefield, isn't it, Matt, for, for, for runners? New and experienced because there's so many shoes out there, so many different brands coming to the market all the time. How important is it to find the right shoe? Or do you think that there's too much emphasis placed on shoes by manufacturers? No, I think there is an importance in shoes. I mean, like you said, it is an absolute minefield nowadays. Every Every few months, there's a new kind of brand of shoe a new level of technology that's coming out in the shoe there's there's so much information out there now it turns into a bit of a minefield and people aren't sure whether they're running in actual running shoes or are they gym shoes are they kind of trail shoes what there's so many shoes out there now um and there's no right or wrong answer with what people should be running in. it is very much personal preference um and but it needs to sit with how again someone's if someone comes in and they want my advice on shoes i'll say well let's have a look at how you're moving if if they're doing their little hops on the spot and their ankles collapsing in all over the place and they can't even keep their arch up in the air then i'll say right it's probably worth us getting a shoe with a little bit of support maybe whereas if if we're looking at someone like like you jake where you're kind of landing on the outside of your foot and you're coming right right on the outside of your foot, you're probably more of what's known as a supinator, so you're kind of rolling through the outside of your foot, so you don't need... If you've got a really built-up arch support, that's just going to tip you even further over onto the outside of the foot. For you, you'd be looking at more of a neutral shoe or a shoe that's kind of quite soft, so it's got that cushioning as you are landing on the outside of your foot. So for people that... Uh typically just buy the same pair of shoes all the time because they've found the right one for them and they've been running in a let's say a, a pronation control shoe a support shoe for years do you think that they should just stick to their guns or is it worth rechecking how they actually move because presumably we can we can change in time right how we run 100 percent. like i think it's and i'm very much the same i used to always wear one brand of shoes then they changed the technology in the shoe and I didn't get on with it. Then I switched to another brand and then they started to kind of redesign that type of shoe. And then I was kind of like, oh, almost panicking that I wasn't going to be able to buy that shoe again. What was I going to wear? Um, so I think that if people have got a shoe that they are comfortable in, 
they're not getting issues, they're not getting injuries, then I wouldn't suddenly start changing everything. Uh, I'd like to um, offer a little bit of advice there for you, Matt, because I hate to thought, think of you uh, you panicking about um, about which type of shoe to buy. Should your current brand change its technology slightly, um, let me tell you, mate, go high-tech every time. <laughs> it's just my advice. Reliable. It's up to you. It's up to you whether you take it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Matt, think yourself lucky. We, we, we sent you video of me running to analyse. We, we could have sent you a uh, video of Pete running. In fact, we should do that. We should have used you, Pete, as the... Uh the guinea pig. I wouldn't bother, mate. It looks like something off of Benny Hill. <laughs> Hopefully someone from High Tech's listening to this and they send us some free shoes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Always <laughs> been a fan. Always been a fan. Since the 1980s. Have you tried the um, this this new wave of carbon-plated shoes, Matt? Have you got any experience personally of those or what's your view? I have, yes. Um, I had the, an old pair of the Nike 4% and I now have a pair of the um, Next% Percent as well. Um, I've probably only worn them. I mean, one my the next percent pair I have have probably got all of about thirty miles in them. I kind of got to the point where because there were so many others on the start line with me wearing them, I almost felt like I needed to get hold of a pair to just be on a level playing field, whether whether they were helping or not. So, yes, I think you look at all the research, and there definitely is an effect of the shoes, but at the same time, there probably is an aspect of kind of the, you're, you're lacing them up and people are going oh he's already got a PB because he's wearing his next percents um, so there is definitely probably a mental side to it as well but for me the biggest the biggest difference I noticed was the way that my legs and my calves especially felt after they felt because if you typically look at like your road racing shoes at the minute where they're, they've got a real big kind of heel on them they're really built up compared to a few years ago where they were very much kind of very minimalist and very very kind of low like there was not much of a heel on it at all they were very flat um there's a huge amount of cushioning now and I, my legs just didn't feel as beat up after wearing the your carbon plated stuff than it than i did in my old type shoes but like we were speaking about earlier i think if people because you i'm starting to see a lot of people that are wearing them several times throughout the week just to go for a, a run just to go for a, a tempo to do a number of sessions on and they're wearing them probably three or four times a week and then they're coming in to see me and that's one of the only things that has changed and they're now getting a foot pain a big toe pain an achilles pain a shin pain and it they they do start to change the way you run and they're not suited for everyone because the way they're built if you're I mean, you've seen the size of the heels. If you're someone that lands really heavily on your heel, you're probably not going to get as much out of them as someone that lands very much on their midfoot or right up onto their toes. They're kind of getting more of that rebound effect if, you're, if you are landing much further up your foot. I worry that if people are starting to wear them more and more, because you've got that solid bit of carbon plate straight through the midsole, I think that changes the mechanics and the way the foot is then moving and absorbing that shock as you're planting your kind of taking that impact like we spoke about through the foot because you've got that solid plate there the foot won't move the same way as it does without a plate they can't suit everybody like all shoes can they matt it's got to be a case of what works works for the individual but i mean these things are not cheap pete do you realize for a pair of the shoes that matt's got you could have bought 30 32 pairs of, of high tech quick uh, quick calculation there for you that's uh, that's many years of running 
I tell you, you could get a car, Matt. Why? I don't know why you're running. You should just get a car. <laughs> Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us all things uh, running, physiotherapy, biomechanics. If people want to uh, catch up with you and, and uh, find out what you're up to, where can they um, where can they reach out? So in terms of the performance team, um, you can get in touch with us on email, which is info at performanceteam.co.uk. Um, we are on Instagram and we've, we're still kind of fairly new on Instagram so we've got a lot more kind of in content coming um, and we're at the Perform Team on there and we've got a website which is up and running as well which is performanceteam.co.uk we offer anything from your kind of your bog standard online kind of physio assessment of a kind of an acute ache, pain, niggle or whatever we do your video gate analysis we've also now got um, a sports medicine consultant Dr John Rogers on board with us um, who's doing kind of in-depth medical assessments diagnosis and treatments as well um, and we're planning to add in probably more professionals and medical people in the in the future Listen, don't be pushing your services too much my friend you've got to get me booked in I need my consultation first I'm a priority I'm worried about my left heel dropping in now and this supination pronation <laughs> stuff you got, you got to get me sorted to make some time for me please It's down to <laughs> footwear mate my, my heel doesn't do that my, mine's perfect Jake <laughs> Matt, listen have a great rest of the day catch up with you very soon Good to chat to you For the show notes and video content go to Running with jake.com forward slash podcast and follow us on social media right it is hashtag ask jake and laura has just got back from a really nice holiday in spain and unfortunately she has to self-isolate that's the cost of that break two weeks and she's worried about losing fitness she's worried about going backwards she hasn't got a big enough garden to be able to run in she doesn't doesn't have a treadmill at home what can she do right first things first laura yes you may lose a little bit of fitness i'm just going to put that out there that is not such a big problem take some comfort in the knowledge that it's easier to get back to where you were in terms of fitness than it is to find it in the first place it's easier to get back to where you were than it is to find it in the first place. So that should help you. Now, look, when you're resting the body through not doing any running for whatever reason, be it injury or self-isolation, actually you're allowing other little uh, niggles and potential injuries in the future to settle down. So actually you're reducing the risk of being sidelined in the future when you do come out of self-isolation. And just because you're not able to run at the moment doesn't mean that you can't focus on other elements of your training that you may have overlooked. So things like foam rolling, maybe some stretching, maybe you could do some home workouts there's lots out there at the moment if you are going to do some conditioning sessions at home so following uh, the, one of these home workouts just make sure you don't do too much don't go overboard because it's very easy to provide too much stress to the body and then end up injured above all don't panic these two weeks will fly by and you'll be back out there lacing up the trainers feeling good again if you've got a question it's hashtag Ask Jake. That brings us to the end of today's show. There may be no races on the horizon for us at the moment, but we will do our best to keep you fired up, keep you mo motivated. Mo 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 motivated. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. Have a super day, have a super week, run safe, stay in one piece, and we will see you back here next Wednesday. Oh, before you go, just one more thing. Work hard in silence and let your success be the noise. My name's Jake Slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>